<laughs> I don't even have an intro. I don't even know what to say now. Hey, it's me, Meg. <laughs> hey, it's Melissa. Oh, man. I have that my earring pitiful. back in now, though. Oh, stu- No, you have to leave it out. We're, we're done with the earrings for today. No, 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 no. What happened? See, what happened was, what happened was that I, somehow I knocked my earring. I have, like, a big, like, leaf, like, metal leaf earring. But I knocked it, like off the thing it was connected to then the part that was in my ear was still in my ear but I couldn't figure out how to get it out because I forgot I had a stopper on the back of it I was like it's stuck in my ear I'm like nope think about this for more than two seconds Melissa you're fine you're not trapped by your earring you're okay she literally had a conniption fit (laughs) I was like what is going on my earring is stuck in my ear oh my god it's all fine. It's all uh, good now. I now I have to reheat my teeth. Someone needs to buy me stinking like heater. You need an ember thingy. cup. You need yeah, an ember I, cup, or you need. Um, I used to have one in my office when I used to when I used to work in a nine to five job. It's like a little a little thingy that you plug in, and it's well, your cup one, warm. But I moved, and I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> so now well, I need a new one. Maybe one of that's a little nicer. Cordless would be preferable, you know. Just saying, so, if anyone has, geez. you know, any suggestions or would love to send me one, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just, just text you her address and <laughs> send it right to her. <laughs> I'm just saying if there's any uh, businesses out there that, you know, provide this type of product, I would love to test it out for you. <laughs> She's or, open I, for, or anything else you'd like me to test. That's She's fine. open for collabs. Just let her know. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Do you know what? Is, do you know what's on my screen right now? You're gonna die when I tell what? you this. What is on your screen, my friend? I'm looking at Basset Hound puppies. Oh, oh so cute! I was just uh, describing. Actually, that's weird to say that to Ella <laughs> what a hound was this morning because she is a chocolate hound, and I was like, Ella, do you oh. know what a hound is? And she's like, No. <laughs> Not in t- not exactly the same thing. No, so (laughs) here's the thing. So my kids have been begging me for a pet for ever. And I was, and I, so I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I have enough living beings in my house to keep alive on any given day. Do not, there's no pets, especially dogs. Like I grew up, no, this is not, I'm going to get hate mail now, but like <laughs> I grew up with a, I grew up with a dog. I had a golden retriever and we had two cats and I don't know how my parents did it. There was three of us and we had three pets. Like what, what, what were they thinking? Yeah, that's a lot. That seems like a, not a good plan on their part. So I just, you know, I mean, for the last like, you know, eight to 11 years, I've just been like real overwhelmed by <laughs> just parenting. <laughs> No, you but don't my, say. It's easy. My, yeah, that's, what, that's a lot no of people problem. Uh, tell me. It's easy. I'm like, oh, it's great. You're cute. Yeah, yeah. Don't speak to me. But so then my <laughs> husband, my husband has now sort of like joined in on the, and he's like, well, wouldn't it? You know, I've always, I've always really wanted a dog, and I'm like, since when? I have known oh, you that's... for twenty years. Like, <laughs> where did that come from? So in any case, I am still like pretty firm on the no like the no pet train however as we've talked about before in old episodes of the podcast from years before we're we're having we're having some emotional issues with one of our children and we're working through that and we've got some doctors in place and stuff but you know my husband and I were out on a date night the other night and we were at a brewery 
And this woman was there and she had this basset hound. And they're just so cute, you know, with their little faces and the long ears. I'm going to start Googling basset hounds. (laughs) Hang on. Let me screenshot you the one I'm looking at right now because you're going to absolutely die. (laughs) So, you know, I was like, oh, what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of. Oh, my God. (laughs) I just melted. Like, my heart literally just melted. I didn't send it to you yet. (laughs) I Googled Wait a second. (laughs) Hang on. Let me show you the one I'm looking at right now because you're going to die. So I asked her. Wouldn't it be fun to be part of a live show with us because we're a hoot. (laughs) Wait. Wait. You ready? Go look. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, go. It's in Slack. Go look. I'm looking. Oh, come on. We got to include right. this in our, our show notes Look now, at the okay? wrinkles. Look at the wrinkles on his little paws. <laughs> Look at his the leaf in his mouth. His ears are like, well, it's, okay. He's so. like photo perfect. He's like eating this cute little leaf for fall. I know. There's like snow in the background. He's got these I know. big long droopy ears with the yeah. wrinkles on his feet. All right, I gotta stop. I don't baby talk my children, but I will baby talk the shit out of a dog. <laughs> And I was talking to my puppy, Petty Pie, who's a Aussie doodle. And she's like, are you talking to your kid? I was like, no, my dog. <laughs> she's like, I don't touch my kids like that. I like my dog. <laughs> Word. <laughs> So, of course, and I'm like, oh, that dog's really cute. And I'm like, he's he was, like, super chill, right? He was, like, real calm. He was just, like, real, like, chilled out and low-key. So, you know, so then my husband's like, well, you know, maybe a dog would be good for for the boys and for, you know, for him in particular. And Uh I'm like, "Uh." So I've been just doing a little bit of research because I'm like, well, how are Basset Hounds even good with kids? And of course, they're like amazing with children. And they're like, I mean, they have a loud bark, but they're, you know, like these like sort of low maintenance or at least like, you know, average, not like super high maintenance. And they're, you know, they like to run around, but they're like just sort of chill, you know? And I'm like, oh, God, and now I'm finding myself Googling Basset Hound puppies. <laughs> Don't go down the puppy rabbit hole. Are the puck? <laughs> the basset hound wants to go down the rabbit hole though because they hunt rabbits. That's what they do. Let's see, well, there you go. That puppy will have a grand old time in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Yeah, my husband loves these little basset hounds. They're so cute. He's trying to get me on the bandwagon with the long-haired dot dots. Oh no! I'm like, ah, uh, I don't even. Pass. So here's the thing, right? Here's where my here's where my my reservation comes into this whole shebang, because my children go to school, so nine months out of the year they're in school forty plus hours a week. My husband goes to work, so then okay. can I me, be honest? As the woman working from home who doesn't isn't like even fully on the train, the dog train <laughs> ends up being the one having to be spend the most amount of time with the dog. 100% to my friend. I did not sleep for the first flipping 10 days of Penny Pie's life with the Boggs family. Holy schmoly, was I tired and literally went crazy. 
I remember. Because I was not sleeping. Oh, yeah. It was not a good time, my friend. Oh, and, and everyone, that is now my dog. I mean, yes, sometimes Emma walks her or sometimes somebody else walks yeah. her. But I, eight out of ten times, I'm it's walking the dog, taking the dog out, feeding the dog, loving the dog, playing with the dog, See? brushing the dog, taking the dog to the groomers, picking the dog up from the groomers. See? See? All the things. Me. 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 Yeah. My husband claims that he will do it. And he probably yeah. would, actually. He probably would. But, and I, the boys are so desperate to have a pet that they probably would. But then the honeymoon phase is going to go over. You yeah, know what I mean? I mm-hmm. And I just feel like, you know, like we're, we're sort of at the point where, you know, like we're kind of mobile. Then it becomes you know? a job because you have to take care of it. Now but then you got to find someone to watch the dog. You know, if you leave, and then how long can you leave a dog at home for? Like, you know, and then that we go many places, but I don't know. <sighs> you will so, learn your dog and what they can do and for how long or find sitters or take them on trips. You will find uh, your way of how the dog works into the family. However, they are another child. I'm not going right. to lie. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I stopped at three for a reason. <laughs> I know. I'm sad I don't though. Know. We we just recently lost I our little know. Franklin. Uh, he was a Shih Tzu. He was uh, he would have been 13 in June. I know. Um, but he was the sweetest pup, and I swear I still see him like in the glimpse of my eye. You know, as I like walk by someone, like oh. <laughs> but like I feel like he's still here with me, with us in spirit. Even Emma's like, "Mommy, I saw Frankie today," or we call him Bubba or Flub or yeah. he had many a nicknames. He had many nicknames. <laughs> Sir Frank. He probably didn't know what his actual name was. He had so many nicknames. I know. We usually just called him Bubba for the most part, but Franklin was <laughs> his his uh, given name. But um, yeah, we keep uh, they keep trying to mention new puppies and new breeds. I'm like, first of all, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> it's been right, like right? a week and a half, so it's just been a hot second. And after our last. Uh, dog ginger passed uh back in 2018 we got penny pie or penelope see is that what, have... 2018 yeah it had to be I feel right like or you was just it 2019 had... i don't know no, it was, you're right it was 2019 i'm sorry forgive me 2020 was obviously a blur i don't even know what year right? it is anymore holy smoly well i know so many people that got pandemic puppies oh yeah i saw that <laughs> And I was yes, like, I was pre-pandemic, uh, I believe. Yeah, so Ginger passed in October, and then by November we had already purchased Penelope, but then had to wait until she was old enough. Mm. Um, and then we got her at like six weeks. We even got her early. So she's a she's a great dog. She's getting better and better. But yeah, it's a lot of work, and you know, I recommend. Professional training is always helpful. You know, you always think you're going to do it on your own and then you just don't kind of get to oh, it. Oh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> professional training, at least go to like a little school, be perfect or hire your own trainer, whatever. But uh, training's a must. Uh, crate training, awesome. P- Penelope is really good uh, at being crate trained, which is nice because on trips we can just put her in the crate. She doesn't fuss or bark or whine or anything unless she has to potty. So she's pretty good about communicating kind of what she needs now. She's about a year and a half or so. But yeah, I, I didn't wait long enough after uh, 
Ginger passed in 2019. I wish I had spent more time alone with Franklin to just give him that time. Mm. But of course, everyone, Ginger and Franklin were kind of my dogs. Ginger, I got, or uh, my husband and I got uh, when we were in college together. And then we got Franklin the year we got married in 2008. Mm. And so those have just been the kind of our dogs. And then the kids came. They're like, what is this? You know, they're like yeah. sniffing at the best. And they're like, what is this thing? Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they've become a part of your family. And they're, they're uh, you know, I can't imagine my life without a pet just because I've always had one and I have a real um, deep connection, I feel, with animals, especially dogs. So they've always been a part of me. So yeah, the last uh, couple of weeks have been a little rough. Um, mm. I'm, I actually lost stronger than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was gonna be a hot, hot, hot mess for like days and days and days. But like, you know, after the first couple of days went by, yeah. you know, you kind of have to get back to your, to your thing. And, and now I just find like the quiet moments, I, I miss him or, you know, if I'm, you know, need a snuggle buddy or something like that, he was small and snuggly. So, yeah. um, it's just those times, but mostly we just remember the good times with him and smile or laugh or, you know, I don't know, stuff like that. But uh, yeah. it was nice and kind of to segue maybe into our topic because we have to wrap it up got in a derailed. little bit. <laughs> I know, sorry. <laughs> I derailed us with pictures of puppies. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the Hello Story girls were sweet enough to send us some beautiful flowers some ranunculas um, last week, and I really wanted to find a way to capture them and share those with Franklin. And so I had been racking my brain all week of trying to find this creative way of doing something. And finally, I just like, why am I trying so hard? Just do your thing, Megan. And so yeah. I put on a white dress and, you know, purity and spirit and uh, to kind of just remember him. And um, at first I had designed like a rainbow with the flowers, which I didn't really turn out how I envisioned. So I kind of scrapped that. Um, and then I just held the bouquet and I actually turned my camera over to my daughter, Emma, who is eight. Yeah. Woo! And I got, you know, the settings right for her, but she is kind of coming into her, her own creative vision and we can touch more on that later at a later date. But I turned the camera over to her and she really, she really wowed me. Like, I'm not going to lie, yeah. I'm still swooning over those images. And she directed me, she kind of posed me, she, you know, told me what I needed to do. And she got it in focus, you know, she really, she made it happen. And she suggested there were some petals that had fallen off some of the uh, flowers. And so she's like, mom, collect the petals and throw them in the air. And like, so I was like, okay, so I did. And she was shooting and um, yeah, she captured one of my favorite images. And so it was just such a special way to kind of take some of that sadness and pain. Sorry, not to be a downer, but uh, to kind of take that and use that as create a fuel to memorialize Franklin and remember him in a fun way because I'm sorry, we buried him in our backyard. Don't tell anyone. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Except for this public podcast. <laughs> We'll edit it out. Anyways, but it was, you know, near no, his face. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, he was uh, just put to rest. It's fine. He was put to rest, yeah. His restful spot. That's just where we marked his spot to remember him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Mm -hmm, go Sorry. on. 
<laughs> near his special spot. And uh, yeah, it was just a very special moment that I really cherish for so many reasons. Now, one, because of the beautiful flowers that you gals sent me, sent me in the family. And two, because Emma, you know, came through in like a time where I was hurting and really needed her. And she kind of came into her own creative way and was able to capture that. And that really helped her, I think, kind of grieve through that process and still be in a happy spirit and mood and, uh, and remember him too. So I know I'm still gushing over them. I took one of them and put them as my phone screensaver. So I'm like, look, look what you did. Yeah. So she gets all smiley and happy every time. So, I mean, it was just so positive in so, so many ways. So thank you, ladies, for sending the flowers. It was just such a beautiful thing. And I didn't expect it. And it was just so sweet. Thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> and rant. <laughs> <laughs> Part of what we wanted to talk about today was this concept of not puppies, but... <laughs> But lifestyle photography and documentary photography and, and sort of, you know, what is the difference between the two of them and, and how do we utilize them or do we utilize both of those in our day-to-day -day work? And so I think for any of you that um, are photographers, you probably know the difference between these, but just to do a real quick sort of like overview. So documentary photography is completely the photographer is, is really uninvolved with what is happening in front of them. So if you think of like someone who is a working as a street photographer or like a journalist of some kind, right? Like boots on the ground sort of situation are the two that pop into mind primarily, but there's no sort of direction happening from the photographer. There's no repositioning. There's no like, Oh, here, go stand over here in this light sort of situation. It's just basically sort of like a fly on the wall documenting what you're seeing in front of you type of photography. Lifestyle is sort of, I would say, has a has a documentary foundation, but then you you do sort of help position your subjects, you give them prompts. The 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 focus obviously is to have natural, you know, emotion-filled connection and interaction. But you can say to your, you know, your family or your couple or your subject, you know, oh, let's turn you this way, let's turn you that way. Maybe you have some input in what they're wearing. You give them prompts of things to do of how to interact with one another. And then you just sort of step back and let things sort of unfold naturally. So with lifestyle, there is some direction, there is some oversight, there is some sort of involvement involvement and interaction with your subjects. With documentary photography, it's just strictly sort of hands off. And I think it's probably clear that Meg and I both sort of shoot primarily lifestyle. Although, although I do have, a, I would say, sort of a documentary sort of joint background um, in that it became clear to me very quickly uh, when my children were, when I sort of started my photography journey and Meg and I sort of connected and met, which was what, 20, it was the end of 2015. Is that right? End of 2015? Oh my God. I don't even remember the year anymore. <laughs> Hang on. Was it 2015? I gotta think about this. No. Did I have Elle no. yet? What? I think yes. I already had L, uh, so it was probably 2016. 2016, because we did our first 365 in 2017. Yeah, so, that's it. So end of 2016, Meg and I met, and we got connected, and we were sort of, you know, we had sort of made this decision that we were going to do this 365 project, and 
real quickly after January 1st rolled around, I was like, oh, meh. Oh, okay. So if I ask my kids to go stand over there, they're just going to not do that. So, and I just became like really important to me. I think that I captured my kids as they were. I knew that when they got older, in theory, older than they are now, like teenage years, you know, adulthood, that I, you know, I'd get the perfectly posed pictures of them smiling and maybe not trying to kill each other while I'm doing it. But, you know, maybe I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced that's actually true. That's what I told myself. But, you know, I had this sort of this new opportunity in front of me because I had just left my full-time job in higher ed. And, you know, I knew that I was spending at least the next three years at home with my kids as my two-year-olds, you know, would be starting undergarden when they were five. And I just sort of felt like I wanted, you know, I wanted the memories of us being together as we were, not polished and not posed and not, you know, curated and just, you know, us in our you know, chaotic craziness. And so that's sort of, I think for me or my, my love of documentary photography sort of sparked from, because what I found was a a couple of things. I mean, we've talked about 365 projects before on this podcast, and I was still, I'm sure Meg, you would agree with me too, that it's the single best thing I did to to find my voice as a photographer, to hone my technical and creative skills, because photography is a skill like anything else. You know, if you're going to be a musician or you're going to be an athlete or you're going to be a dancer or a singer, you have to practice every single day. And so taking that time to to pick up my camera every single day, not that every single shot I took every single day was good. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> but nope, same here. I'm like, oh, cringeworthy. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> but but I look back at those pictures and I think to myself, like this, this was the essence of us, right? And I was, a, I was able to just sort of be an observer in my life and with my children and not have to bother them and not have to ask them to do anything other than what they were doing. And, you know, and it required me to, to figure out my camera, it required me to learn light and to, because, you know, for any two to five year old, the kiss of death is saying, Hey, can you go stand over there? <laughs> and then Don't they're like, boss them around, Melissa. No, nope. hate that. <laughs> right. Oh, they might stand there, but then they're going to stick their tongue out at you. So it yeah. was just, it became this exercise in having to figure out how do I capture this moment? How do I tell the story of this moment? If it's not the most flattering light and it's this room in my house is not clean and <laughs> my kids are filthy, you know, but that for me was sort of the, the foundation of my, my sort of entryway into documentary photography. And then I think in my client work, I do still do sort of truly documentary photography with day in the life sessions, which I absolutely love. And as someone who is not really an extrovert, although it might seem like I am, um, those sessions for me are the best because I just get to stand there. I get to stand there and be a fly on the wall and just, and I, I mean, I talk to my, my clients while I'm there, obviously I'm not like mute the entire time, but but there's no directing, right? There's no like, oh, go stand there or go do that again. Or let's try this. It's just, let me just document your life as it's happening. And those are my, I mean, I, those are, those sessions just fill my creative cup in a way that other sessions don't. But in my, uh, in the majority of my client work, I am a, I am a lifestyle photographer. And that's just for me, you know, 
just that storytelling piece of things was just always so intriguing to me. And and I'm going to let Meg sort of talk about her journey here in just a second too, you know, but I, I, I very, I have like a vivid memory of when I decided that I was going to go the lifestyle route, because when I started in photography, when taking on clients, I would say that it was primarily, I was doing posed posed work, not for any specific reason, other than that's what I thought you were supposed to do. Um, right. <laughs> and lifestyle, this was, you know, five, six years ago, you know, lifestyle photography wasn't really mainstream, really very much at that, at that time. No, it wasn't there yet. And I just remember I was happy. There's two, there's two moments in particular that stick out in mind to me. Uh, so I think this was probably, it was maybe 2016, I think, or maybe 2017, I'd had a session with, with a friend of mine and we were in this beautiful backlit like field and she had this, she was the most adorable little family. And I was taking pictures of her oldest daughter and she had a little one at the time. It was maybe like a year and a half, maybe two. And, and they were just standing there and they were just sort of watching what I was doing. And I just turned around and I snapped this shot real quick. And I just thought to myself, and you know, they, her, her youngest daughter was like standing, you know, sort of in between her legs and, you know, was holding her mom's hand. And I snapped that picture really quick. And it was my favorite shot that I took that day. And I remember being like, oh, I love all those little in-between moments. But I thought to myself, well, what if the whole session could be those? Like, yeah. what if that's just what the focus was? And then... So similarly, I was also doing posed newborns. So like sort of like, you know, beanbag, you know, bum up pose, the whole thing, which I really enjoyed. And and honestly, I think was actually pretty good at. But in so many of those sessions, I never got the baby with the parents because the parents were like, oh, no, no, we're just going to let the, you know, take the picture of the baby. And I was doing this session and mom was just, she was having a bit of a rough day and sort of recovery from having given birth and baby was, was fussy. And so at some point I had, they wanted to get a family picture. And so I'd given the baby to mom and, you know, so baby's there just like in a diaper and they're standing, you know, in front of this window and they were just standing there just like sort of snuggling. And I snapped a picture of that and And I thought to myself, like, that's what I want. Like, I can make these babies look beautiful in these poses and with the blankets and the backgrounds and the beanbags. But like, that's not what I want. Like, when I look back at pictures of me me with my, you know, I don't have a lot of pictures of me with my kids and their babies. And that's what I wanted. So in 2017, I sort of made the full switch to to lifestyle. Um, I stopped doing posed newborns and I sort of switched what I was doing and I was terrified. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no one's going to book. They're not going to want to do it. And then that was all anybody booked. So for me, that's sort of, I'm always, my focus is always wanting to make sure that there's, you know, there's authenticity happening in those images and there's connection and emotion. And so that's how I use sort of lifestyle and documentary work in my work as a photographer, both on my personal work and in my professional and client work. But what about you, Meg? Oh, my journey, my journey. (laughs) It's funny. I always uh, had a love for I wouldn't say photography, but for capturing moments. And yeah, it wasn't emotion yet. It was just moments. I would have tons and tons of disposable cameras. I went to a lot of like uh, youth group retreats as a kid. And I just loved documenting those times. And some of them were leadership camps that I went to. 
so we would make scrapbooks and stuff like that. And I was always into scrapbooking with my mom. So maybe that's why I have such a love for it. Uh, Mm -hmm. just, I I just remember my mom always having, I mean, it wasn't photography, but it was just snapshots of Mm. the family growing up. We had boxes and boxes of snapshots, you know, that she printed four by sixes of, and eventually like, you know, made scrapbooks for us or stuck in, you know, the small little photo books. You can just stick the photos in. And now she has pawned them off to me. I have a bunch of them now still in photo boxes. I need to do something cool and creative, right? Yeah. One of these days when I get my mind back to myself. Anyway, to go <laughs> off of my tangent here, um, I was an investigator uh, for the Medical Board of California at the time, but I had this, I don't know, this passion kind of perk up uh, after college. I didn't even pursue it in high school or college. Never even really thought about it. Still snapping away pictures of my life though. <laughs> <laughs> I still made scrapbooks in college. I have one of like all my, my freshman and like sophomore year of college. They're a hoot. <laughs> Good times. Anyway. Well, scrapbooking uh, was like the thing. It, was, it was, like, was. There was a whole scrapbook store in my town. Like we would go down the yeah. scrapbook store and get all the stuff, get all the stickers and the papers. It was so fun. And then the crickets came out and I was like, I don't know what this is. And I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got a like part-time job at Picture People randomly I didn't need the job I was just I kind of wanted to learn and so it was like Christmas time and I quickly like nah, this isn't for me I have a full-time job and I don't yeah. really have time to deal with any of this so I left and then my in-laws had gotten me like a point and shoot Fuji which I still have by the way oh my gosh and I started learning on that and I started like I would um shoot my neighbor uh they had had no, they were pregnant at the time. And so like, I kind of started there and as they, uh, I would do their family photos and newborn and stuff. So I kind of started with that. And then another neighbor across the street had kids. And so I would start shooting their newborns. And so I kind of got my feet wet and I started taking clients and I was like, Meh, I don't really like this. And again, I was still working as an investigator, not for the medical board anymore, but, um, for private agencies. And so again, still had a full-time job. I was just kind of doing it as a hobby just because I loved it. And then kind of like you, Mel, there was this, we went to a family reunion and I brought the Fuji with me and I was capturing some of my husband's like baby cousins and stuff. And there was just this one photo, this candid photo that had turned black and white that I was just like this, like, this is what I want to capture. Like these, like, I can feel the emotion in this kid. I think she was like looking for her mom or something. And, um, it was just like that moment. I was like, okay, this is, I'll continue with this. And then I started having my own kids and capturing them along the way. And it, it was, again, I kind of went the route because at the time that's what it was, is very posed and the babies and the bean bags and all the works. And I tried all of it. And I was like, meh, I don't like any of this. I hate posing. I'm just so, <laughs> I like to be in the moment. And I feel like if I'm thinking of the next pose and the next pose and the next pose, it takes away from that. And that's, some people love that and that's great and they're really good at it. Like I'm probably going to hire someone for a wedding I'm doing in a month because I really don't want to pose the wedding party. <laughs> really don't. Really and truly. I will pay someone else to do it. That's how much I hate it. So I did not want to go down that route. And so when I had my own kids, I just started capturing them in their, you know, truest form. And um, a lot of that, my girls love to twirl and cartwheel and all of that. And so that's, and I love to twirl and cartwheel and dance. So I kind of, mm. that's why I capture that so much. I love movement and I love ease and I love flow and 
I love good energies. And I try to find those real authentic moments that really tell a story just by looking at it, just that one glimpse of the viewer. And there's the connection there. And that's really what I try to get no matter what I'm shooting, whether there's eye contact, no eye contact, whatever the story is. Um, so I started my like Instagram portfolio on there and I was strictly iPhone only. I know I've mentioned that a few times on different mm-hmm. episodes, but iPhone only, and I would not follow anybody that did not shoot iPhone only. <laughs> I'm very particular and still am, but yeah, it was, I, if you shot with your quote unquote big girl camera, I was not following you. You're great, but I still don't want to follow you. <laughs> I remember the first time that you posted a non iPhone picture to your, you were like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. Right. I was like, do it, do it. it. Was, I believe it's February, 2017. Yeah. I'll double check for you guys, but, um, I'm pretty sure it was an image of Emma with, she was like running around in our old living room with the American flag, <laughs> but the light, she was backlit and the light streaming through and the flag. And I was just like, this is yes, this. This. So I think that was the first one I posted. And then shortly after that, I had like the session, like random lifestyle documentary session of my dream with her. Like we went out to this random field that was near where my in-laws live. And there was a peacock farm randomly enough. They sound like <laughs> wildcats. It's funny. Of all the things. I don't know if you've ever heard of peacocks, but that's I what they I have heard like. of peacocks. <laughs> And yeah, there's this big like mound of dirt that people would like ride their bikes up and stuff or dirt bikes or whatever. And so like she was climbing this hill and it was, it was kind of this like dark stormy day, but it had its storm jet. And so there's this huge like rain cloud over her and she's dipping through this hill, like uh, running across it um, horizontally. And I was just like, dude, this. This is magic. And it kind of just took off from there. And my voice mm-hmm. kind of developed and I kept shooting every, I want to say almost every day, but at least like multiple times a week I was shooting. And then, you know, me and Mel had each other. And at the time, how we kind of met is I was looking for a creative partner. Honestly, I just wanted someone who would push me to the level I wanted to be at. And we found each other and our styles, we were on the same page with our goals, but our styles were very different still. And I think that helped too, to kind of give a different perspective, um, and to really push each other to that next level. And, and I feel we still do that to this day. We continue Mm -hmm. to kind of ramp each other up and, and set goals. And especially with hello storyteller and Melissa being uh, my VP and CFO, you know, she, she's my sounding board. She's my go-to gal for anything and everything. And so I, I, I cannot stress enough if you really want to pursue this creative journey, even just for your passion and for your personal goals and for your personal growth, find someone who freaking gets you. I have been lucky enough to find a handful of people that freaking get me and it's mind blowing, but find at least one person who really speaks to your soul, who really understands what you're looking for and what you're striving for and who's going to give you a kick of the pants when you freaking need it. Cause Melissa will do that for me. She'll give me that kick in the pants. Oh boy, will she? And I appreciate that about her. And I love her for that. We all need that. (laughs) She's got a soft side too. I will say. I do. I do. It's true. She's nice and snuggly. She gives me nice warm hugs. (laughs) (laughs) Just go hug. Oh, I haven't seen you in forever though. I know friend. I miss you. When are you coming? Did you book your flight yet? Please tell me. Well, I haven't talked to you about it yet. So we need to figure out about November. We got to look at our calendars. We do. Oops. 
because I need November to. November or October. Those Either of those will work. I can't do October, but I can do November. All right. Okay. You got wedding. You're a wedding girl. Yeah. I forgot. I'm a wedding girl. Got <laughs> tons of weddings in October. But yes, no. But no, that, that is, it's so important, right? Because I think, I mean, admittedly, right? It can be hard to get that feedback and be like, actually, no. <laughs> like that's not the best, <laughs> but Ugh, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're, and that's why you're, and you're like, okay, thanks, and checks my, my face, and then you're like crying in your in your <laughs> office. But no, I, you know, you have to, and we're not mean to each other, but you just you Never. need to find somebody that can give you the sort of honest critique and and feedback. And there's been different, you know, different times when we do different things, whether it was submitting work for publication or whether it was redesigning websites or whatever the case is to say like, you know, or when we were learning different editing techniques or finding our voice and you, we'd send, I mean, I look back through our messages to one another and there's like, I mean, there's like a million images being sent back and forth. Oh my gosh. Um, I did it this this morning. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I took these shots for a picture for the podcast. Which one do you like the best? And that we used to do that all the time that we would send, you know, and be like, what do you think? Which one? And then you're like circling them a messenger and sending them back. But you need to have somebody who can be honest with you and who can give you feedback. And I think it's, I think it, it was, I mean, Megan, I still have, you know, our editing styles are very different. The way we sort of shoot is, is similar, but it's also, it's different too. Uh And I think it's helpful to have somebody who doesn't do exactly what you do because you need a different creative perspective, right? Right. I mean, if, if you want to create art that's solely for yourself then do whatever you want, right? Like, and, and sometimes I do, like I shoot things that are just for me all the time that I don't share with anybody that, you know, maybe I try something funky or I do a different editing style or I do a different perspective, right? And those don't ever see the light of day to anybody else. But finding somebody who you can send your work to and who you know is going to look at it with a with a technical and, and critical eye and be able to give you constructive feedback on on what could be better or different or or just ask questions about your process like well what were your settings and you know how did this work and how did that work and have you tried this or you know all different kinds of things and so i think it's helpful to have somebody who doesn't shoot exactly the same as me because I need someone who has a different perspective to look at my work. And so that's sort of, you know, what Meg and I have always done is, as she just said, for each other from the very beginning. Like, I remember, it's so funny. Like, I remember talking to Meg about freelancing. And she was like, what's that? And I was like, oh, it's this thing where you take your lens off your camera. And she was like, what? And then I remember, like, not that much later, she was like, oh, my God, I love freelancing. It's the best thing in the world. And then I was like, yeah, I don't really like it. Oh, you killed what you said, because like, we were, like, going down this path, right? I was right. a hardcore freelancer. And she's like, nah, I'm good. I was like, oh, are you sure? I fell out of love. I fell out of love with it. Um <laughs> But I did freelance for you on the beach, though, in California. I, I uh, Yeah, you did. I love those images. I, I took I pulled it back out just for you. Um, <gasps> but, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I knew a teeny tiny bit about freelancing. Right. And then I was like, oh, Meg, have you ever tried this? And then I just remember, like, she was like, this is it. Like, this is my thing. Like, this is what sort of opened up, you know, the creative sort of oh, yeah. portal in her brain. And was, <laughs> she was like, this is incredible. Like, this is, this is how I feel. This is how I want my pictures to look. And, you know, and it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, maybe she would have 
you know, maybe she would have found it on her own. Um, maybe she wouldn't have, who knows. Right. And, and, but Meg has done the same things for me too, where she's like, Hey, have you tried shooting this way? And I'm like, no. And then she tells me and I'm like, why haven't I been doing this the entire time? Um, you know, so you just having a, you know, a partner to be able to bounce things off of is, is so helpful. And it's one of the things that, you know, we really encourage the members of the Hell Storyteller community to do. And what we hope is happening sort of organically. And that's how Megan and I met initially was in a, a photography Facebook group. And yes, she ma'am. posted that she was looking for a power partner. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but it sounds like <laughs> I could maybe be a part of that. And so then I messaged her. I was like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I want to find that message. I think we should go back. <laughs> I know, right? I go back to the very, very beginning. Oh my God, that'd be yeah, so funny. That would be fun. Let's we'll do a slideshow. You know, <laughs> I know. Memories. Yeah, right? But I we, need to socialize you know, people. This is not working for me. Uh, so, but I think that's one of those things where, you know, we hope that's happening sort of organically. And I know that it has happened organically in our community and, you know, one of the things that we offer for the members, if you become a member of the Hello Storyteller community, is um, this sort of big tog, little tog program. And that's sort of where that came from was, right, like having someone sort of like a mentor to help you along in your journey. But we have a community of, you know, like 14,000 people in our Facebook group. So chances are <laughs> your person's in there. So don't be afraid to just reach out and ask and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Because I know, like, for the two of us, like, when we started our photography journeys, we were stay-at-home moms, and, you know, you're up to your eyeballs and diapers and toddlers, and, you know, you want, A, another adult human to speak to, and B, someone who shares your creative passion, and finding that connection is is just so helpful and so important. You know, my husband was super supportive of my photography journey, but he did not want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know? It's just I was not like, the hey, same. Take you got to find the same look at this people. Picture. Right. <laughs> I, I get so excited. Like, did you see this picture? And he's like, yeah, that's great, honey. And I'm like, no. Yeah, I get cool. <laughs> right. That's awesome, babe. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Whereas I know if I send it to Meg, she, there's going to be 500 exclamation points and <laughs> smiley faces. And she's going to be like, God. It looks so good, right? So, you know, you need someone that's like your hype girl. If you want someone to pump you up, come to Meg. Yeah. It's very loud. <laughs> Love you, friend. Oh, goodness. Well, on that note, I think we are going to wrap up today, but did want to also let you guys know that. Hang on. I'm not at all prepared to do this. <laughs> Hold, please. I've got to find. Oh, you know why? Because I I closed it out. That's why. Hang on. Rude. We have just recently moved our podcast um, over to Anchor, which we are loving. But one of the great things that comes along with Anchor is the ability for us to be able to sort of communicate with people that are listening. So if you find yourself enjoying the podcast, you can help us keep this podcast on and live and get better. So you can head over to anchor.fm slash hellostoryteller slash support to donate to the podcast. And if you can't donate, we totally understand and get that. And you can go over to anchor.fm slash hellostoryteller slash message and leave us a voice message. We can actually hear your voices. Isn't that so exciting? Please, please, please do it, please. And you might, we might even put them into the show. Yeah, buddy. 
you know, this podcast is born out of sort of Meg and I and our creative sort of vision and focus, but we don't get paid for this. Nobody we don't. <laughs> and so like anything else, you know, a little bit of support goes a long way to helping us being able to kind of keep this podcast moving forward. And then, you know, as always, as we say at the end of every show, you know, if you are listening and you like what you're listening to, please make sure to leave us a review, to leave us a comment, to leave us a message. And because we would love to hear from you. you know, we talk to each other <laughs> on this yeah. podcast and then we don't really ever get to see how people react to it when they hear it. So we would love, love, love to hear back from you guys. So don't hesitate to pop on over to the our page over on anchor.fm slash hellostoryteller and either leave a donation, leave us a voice message, or leave us a review. And we would love you forever. Forever. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> just watch the sandlot again. <laughs> oh my gosh. And Ellen and- totally used that line like unprovoked and it was hysterical. <laughs> God, it is funny. She's hysterical, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> On that <Sorry>. note, <laughs> we're going to wrap it up. And we're going to say goodbye and have a great week. And we will see you all next week. Bye, friends. Bye.